0: This this,
1: this, this, is Fight Disciples.
0: We are gathered here today
1: for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 171 of the award-winning Fight Disciples. And as you can tell, a little bit different start this week, and I'll let you know more about that in a second. If you don't know already, catch us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, hashtag... Fight Disciples at Fight Disciples. We are everywhere. We're all over the place. And listen, that's why this week we're starting the show slightly differently. Obviously, you're hearing my dulcet tones rather than my colleague. Reason being... We are getting everywhere. We are all over the place. And listen, is Ed so big in the studio today? Cause he's been on Sky Sports at the weekend. You know, it's beneath him now, fronting our show. That's what it is, eh? Hey, big Ed, couldn't get yourself off the telly quick or on the telly quick enough, could you? You're a dickhead. You, loved you?
0: it. You loved it. You're an absolute bellend, you. With right? a great
1: jumper off your nan. Listen, oh, tremendous. Listen,
0: grandad, shut up for a second. <laughs> Basically, you've done me there. You've asked to introduce the show so you can have a bit of a kick. That's all it is, isn't it? <laughs>
1: You know what? There's no Billy really Big
0: Balls here, Sunshine. There's oh, no Billy really Big Time here. Man. And I'll just tell you how it is. Listen, anyone, there's an opportunity. For anyone
1: like me watching at home, mm. watching Sky Sports, obviously, I'm sitting there. I've got Sky Sports on. And I'm flicking backwards and forwards to itv 4 for the World Boxing Super Series. I'm, 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 I'm like a pig in it, you know? I'm like a pig in it. And at one point, they're chatting away to Tony Bell, you at ringside, mm. and you're in the background, yep. but you're sitting next to you know a couple of oppos. You're doing a bit of work, you're having a little bit of a go. You know, you're, was you're I well behaved really made... on that one? Yeah, you are well behaved on that one. Yeah, yeah, you look like oh god, he looks like he knows what he's doing there. And it was like two or three fights later. Now I'm sitting there. And as I say, I'm flicking around channel to channel. And it's between fights, so I'm flicking back to World Boxing Super Series. Are we, you know, I've got the I've got the good stuff out, World Boxing Super Series. I've got the good rum out, you know what I mean? I'm, oh, not, yeah. messing about, so I'm not messing about. Treating yourself up. Saturday night. Exactly, so I'm sitting there. Next thing you know, flicks back to Sky Sports. And there's David Hay getting interviewed. And whose kite is right in the middle <laughs> but yours? So at that point, I'm just like... <sighs> <laughs> spits the expensive rum all over the kids' wooden kitchen, which is like in front of the TV couldn't believe it. But then I'm watching you going into the British Gaming Championships just <laughs> throwing mad kite pictures. You're just like we're looking at the smiling, then looking away. And they're like, there's your sex face. Oh, hello. K- Katie gets to see that one. And then suddenly it's a different face. Oh, man. I was in bits. I was in bits. Did you know the cameras are rolling? You must have. Fucking think.
0: right, mate. Listen, <laughs> they were right in front of me. I saw them put the lights on and something just came over me. I thought, do you know something? This fight, because it was during the Acolyte chamberlain fight, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought this fight is boring the living shit out of me, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna spice it up a bit. I'm gonna give the folks back home a little bit of something to uh, be entertained by. <laughs> so I thought I'd get stuck in with a bit of Britain's Got Talent, man. That's what I thought I'd do. Yeah, I got myself into a bit of bother off the back of it, you know. Did you? Yeah. Well, there's a, mate, there's always a job's worth knocking about, isn't there? Right, we've all been in a situation where somebody we're walkie-talkie believes they've got a bit of power. The right. uh, absolutely one of the floor manager people who uh, who was running the TV broadcast tapped me on the shoulder after it, right, and he comes over and says uh, you were you were pulling funny faces there in the background of uh, the David Hayes shot. What the
1: fuck's I, it got to do with him? Well, you, well let me finish my story, Sorry. like. That's uh, de- for me getting all defensive about you
0: now. I'm going to meet you. Pick hey, t- picking up my asm. Hey, hey, hey. So it's all right for you to have a fucking whack at me, but it's all it's right fine but for if anybody to else to have a whack, then, yeah, exactly. then it's on. Right, I'm I kind of like that. That's quite nice. <laughs> um, he taps me on the shoulder and he says, so you're pulling faces uh, in the background of the David Hayes shot. And right, just, just for kicks, I went, no, I wasn't. <laughs> wasn't me right and he goes we've got the footage i've seen you and i went and because he started he he wasn't getting aggy he was just being a bit of a dick and i just thought to myself Hang on a minute! What the, where the what the is this all about? So he got so he said uh, we would not do that to you, and I said, well, first of all, mate, we're radio, your TV. I don't get the, you don't get the opportunity to do it to me. However, three of your staff members, i.e., the pundits that were working for him that night, mm-hmm. have hijacked my show this evening. They've come in and shouted stuff down the microphone. Have I made a complaint? No, I've not made a complaint. And he went, well, I just think that's bad form. And I went, get out of here! What are you going on about? Clear off, right? Proper getting me riled up anyway I cracked on with the show and I started thinking about it and I thought well hang on a minute you're a fucking camera guy made the shot
1: I'm just going to say they framed you in the middle of the interview you made the shot exactly
0: you made the shot if you're going to point the fucking camera at me like that do it again next time pal and I'll get me cock out that'll give you something to bloody complain about <laughs> won't it <laughs> Jesus Christ brilliant you can't beat a little bit if you're going to give me an opportunity like that I'm going to take it on her I'm, of course, I'm going to take it. I'm going to have a little bit of a crack because that's what it's about. We're, it, 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 we're supposed well, exactly. to be having fun, aren't we? That's what exactly. we're supposed to be you're, doing.
1: You're living the dream with we're in, we're in a job that we all thoroughly enjoy. Of course, yeah. You'd be it'd be more weird if you tried to pretend that it wasn't going on. Yeah, yeah and pretend you you know, it, it was a shame, obviously, you weren't actually in the middle of presenting a piece or whatever, because then, obviously, you would just been natural. Mm. They, they, they they caught you at the exact moment when, obviously, the commentary team were working for the radio. So you, as the presenter, you're kind of doing nothing but sitting there. So it would have been really weird, but, yeah, that's all right. Like, once once I stopped pissing myself laughing, and then it jumps on Twitter, and all the fight disciples are like, look at this clown here, look <laughs> at him getting his eight. look at him, he's loving it, he's loving the cameras. And once all that settled down, I was like... Why the fuck did they frame him then? Why did they, like, yeah. literally, they couldn't have framed you centre shot. Any better if they tried.
0: Bell you loved it, by the way. Be- Benny did Because he was only about three seats. He was three <laughs> seats down from me, and obviously he was he was watching uh hair being interviewed, but he could see on the monitor me in the background and he just looks at me. He's going, You're a fucking dickhead you aren't you <laughs> and I'm like what? just having a crack, mate. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. I'm just lightening the mood, I'm a bit bored watching this fight because it's shit, they're just hugging the living daylights out of each other and he went, Yeah, it is it is shite, isn't it? Like, and yeah. and that was it, that was the crack. Having a little bit of a having a bit of a Josh and a jape about it. Darren Barker was working with me on the night and he's pissed himself, you know what I mean? He goes, fuck, do you know something? That's the best thing I've seen in the ten rounds that we've just been watching to be fair.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Speaking of that fight, it was
0: awful, weren't it? It just didn't happen,
1: did it? It just didn't happen. And you know what? I was so close to tweeting just before they met, well, as they were making their ring walks, because you won't know, literally, they were making their ring walks as, you know, the, the World Boxing Super Series, you know, d- they were literally about to throw the first punch, Gassie Evan mm. as the guys are making the ring walk. So for anyone at home, you're like, oh, fuck, what do we do here? Which way am I going to go? And I went with Chamberlain and Acoli for the first couple of rounds, because I was like, you know what, I'm just going to record World Boxing Super Series. I know that's going to be a fight of the year contender. I want that saved anyway. I want, and I also want to engage with the Coley Chamberlain because, like the rest of the country, I was bought in. I was so fucking excited. Yeah. And as I say, I was gonna, I was gonna tweet saying, Sky Sports, whatever happens here, win, lose or draw, please don't. Matchroom as well, don't shy away from allowing all British domestic guys with relative novice records to headline cards because we're all involved. This is better for me than a you know a, a British guy against some foreign import for some kind of belt. This is, I'd rather watch stuff like this, yeah. And then obviously, 10 rounds later, I was like, fuck, it just
0: didn't happen. let's not do that again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't happen, did it? And you know what? What, what What's your theories, anyway, as, as to why it didn't happen?
0: Um, I thought atmosphere got to the pair of them, if I'm honest. And the the knockdown in the first round's the worst thing that could have happened because what happened yep. was then is that Chamberlain decided that he didn't want to stand mid range. Yep. And when he and in in effect, with him moving in so quickly he smothered all the call Work and A call not experienced enough or good enough at this moment in time of his career, because he's still relatively young at what he's doing, yep. to be able to take those half-step backs in order to keep it at mid-range. That's where he wants to fight. He wants to fight him at mid-range and get them shots off, and therefore you're going to feel the full force of the power when, when the shot comes in. As we saw in round 10, because in round 10, uh, Chamberlain thought to himself, fuck, shit, i Buster, I've lost every round, I'm going to have to go for it. So in the last round, he kind of went for it and fought that fight at mid-range. Now, if that had happened all the way through, we'd have been sat here going, wow that was tremendous but yep. because he didn't want to be at that range because he'd felt a bit of power in the first round he thought to himself, fuck that and therefore the fight was spoiled and it was just him coming in falling over his feet a little bit and it was a, it was a wrestling contest, mate
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't attractive at all I think you're absolutely bang on that first round knockdown is literally the worst thing that could have happened and uh, I think Bellew was trying to sell it on the Sky Sport, and I think he was getting a bit of stick on social media as well but I think he, I got what he was saying he was kind of going... You know, this fight isn't this fight isn't over yet. This fight isn't finished yet because this is what Chamberlain's got to do. Because I Chamberlain, he was trying to sell Chamberlain as saying, first four or five rounds, forget about them. This is the tactics, forget about them. Yeah. Because Chamberlain take over second half of the fight. Exactly his tactics when he fights David Hay. Yeah. Because he's so familiar with it, he's like Going into that first David A fight, he even said he said to everybody, I will lose the first four rounds, don't worry about it. But after four rounds, he's going to be fucked and then I'm going to take over. And I think he was trying to sell Chamberlain with the same thing. He was trying to give him um, the benefit of the doubt in regards to his style. But ultimately, I think it was the knockdown in the first made him go into his shell and made him stop wanting yeah. to exchange. And I think that's why, as you say, he was jumping forward and getting inside of Coley's long arms. But he was always ducking down, so he was kind of leaning on top of each other. It was a both. It was a bit of a mess, obviously. I thought the referee... Taking a point off for Holden was a bit bullshit. harsh. It's bullshit. You know, I, I think in the second round. I mean, come Yeah, on. it was so, so early in the fight. He didn't even warn him at that stage. You know, he didn't even like. You'd expect a strong warning because he was warning a Coley for for pushing down throughout the whole fight, and eventually he did take a point off and yeah. stuff. Listen, I'm not blaming the referee. So, sometimes you know what styles make fights, and you know, in two or three years' time, these two guys may have moved on enough and may have a bit more about them enough that. If they were to come back together again, it may actually be a belter. Yeah. But I just think right here, right now, two of them were just it was just a little bit too much, too soon yeah. for both of them to for one for either of them to just have the intelligence and the ring smarts to go, okay, let me just make this adjustment and I'll and I'll make a real impact on this fight.
0: Yeah, that was the key thing. I think both of them are going to learn a lot from that. Obviously, the atmosphere, the, the style of fight that they ended up getting themselves involved. I just feel a little bit sorry for them right now because fans now, when they see their name on a bill, they'll be going, oh, I've seen him fight, we're boring. You know what I mean? So I think they've got a little bit of... In a way, it might work in their favour because they'll be out the limelight, they can go and work on their craft and therefore come back with an explosive performance in six to 12 months' time, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think uh, it was exactly, you've hit it right on the head there, a little bit too much too soon. However, one thing that I will point out on that whole card, I don't know if you watched all of it, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were some tiny little scraps in there. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Reese Bellotti, as you know. Uh, I'm a big fan of Ted Cheeseman, all that type of stuff. But the man that stood out for me, mate... Go on. Fucking Josh
1: Bawatsi. Absolutely. Jeez. And any, listen, any of the fight disciples that follow us on social media will know as well. Obviously, you were working, so you weren't able to tweet away. But as he was ring-walking, I just tweeted saying, this is the guy. This is the guy. And then afterwards, after this performance... Listen, you know... and. I'm not I'm not being crazy. I know the level of opponent he's at right now. You know, Jordan Joseph, even though he's got a, a strong winning record going in there and is a good domestic operator, um, just couldn't hold a torch to Buatzi. But listen, at the end of that, I, I tweeted something like, Buatzi could be the diamond in a generation of gems. And I truly believe that. Mm. There's something about this kid, the way he moves, the way he punches, the way he talks, the way he mate. operates. He's got a lot. Oh, mate, he's deadly. Absolutely deadly.
0: He's got the lot. He did an interview with us after the fight and he just the way that he artic, articulated the performance and then had the, yeah, a little bit of cheek, a little bit of tongue in cheek, a little bit of audacity to throw questions back towards me. So I'm like chatting to him about the fight and he was throwing it back to me going, well, what did you think? come on, what 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 would you rate that performance? And I said, Do you know something, Josh? Out of that, I'll probably give you an eight and a half, nine out of 10, mate. I thought it was near enough flawless. There's a couple of things that you've got to work on, obviously, because you're still pretty young at this game, but you were looking mint. He's mm-hmm. like, "Well, I'll take that. You know what I mean? And there was a bit of a twinkle in his eye, a little bit of spark there. And you think to yourself, hang on a minute, mate, you're getting this game. You're a sharp cookie. Yep. I mean, he took a break, didn't he, after his uh, Olympic exploits in order to finish his degree. So he's obviously, IQ-wise, very switched on, Uh, academically. But in the ring, he's got ring smarts. He's got a lovely style, mate. He's beautiful to watch up close. It's just like that straight up back. I'm jumping the gun a little bit here with styles and what have you. And I don't want people to jump down my throat on the back of this. But there is a little bit, and all right, he's still young. I'm not comparing him to him. I'm just comparing the style, the way he throws shots. Like an Andre Wood style of fighter. Mm -hmm. And as I was watching that last night, I couldn't help but get excited. And I can't help but get carried away because he's in that light heavyweight division. Right now, and let's not get too far ahead of ourselves and go to the world level. That's not where I'm going right now. But if you look at the d- British and domestic scene at this moment in time, yeah. Frank Bullion is champion, obviously. You know what I think of Anthony Yard. You've got Jose Burton, you've got Callum Johnson. There's some serious, serious talent there, as you've just pointed out. I think he's the fucking best of the lot.
1: Yeah, I just think <clears throat> of the, of this generation where there's a, there's a lot of these GB guys knocking around right right now, and there's some really good ones. Um, you know, there's a couple on this card, of course. I just think for me, he looks like the one who could be the full package, and he's not necessarily being presented as much. Maybe it's it's uh, it's Josh Taylor, Josh K- Kelly, or or even a Coley here and stuff like that. They the, they're the ones who are kind of being pushed to the front a little bit more. But Pohatu, for me. Just seems like he's slowly going about his business. He's not yet being pushed right to the very front, but every time he's operates, he operates at a good level. And similar opponent, he you know obviously you've got a Coley versus Chamberlain. It was all a it was all a social media bite back and everything else. But you know Chamberlain was nine and going into this fight, but he's going in against the British guy who's seven and one. You know, so it was also you know similar kind of levels. So for me, it was it was a really interesting barometer on where he is, but where he is is absolutely on a completely different level, and it wouldn't surprise me now to see Matrium flash track Buatse. In 2018, because... Get him busy, man. Get yeah, him out, it, get him busy, get him fighting some decent level just opponents. Just like Josh, Kaler, Josh Kelly, he needs to step up. He needs to He needs to move. Well, there's no the point in quickly. pissing around. There's no you point know, in pissing around with kids. him
0: because this kid is obviously made for the pro game. Yeah, all right, you got people who say, well, he only got a bronze medal at the Olympics. What are you talking about? That's a fucking mega achievement for a kid that's obviously, statue-wise, made for the pro game. Get him, yeah. get him cracking. I reckon... I reckon this kid will be fighting at world level within fifteen fights. And where is he at now? Five. So I reckon within a year, if if they get cracking with him and get him out regularly, start stepping him up, I reckon this time, maybe summertime next year. I th- I think you're talking about. I think you're talking about um, world title efforts. Uh, in summer of next year for Joshua Boazzi. Is that good?
1: Certainly certainly wouldn't surprise
0: me, yeah. Certainly not. Talk to to me about World Boxing Super Series because I've only just watched that on the train on the way home. I've just had a little bit of a nosy into the main event. I don't know anything about the undercard. I'm not really that interested because I'd you something, the fucking semi-final caught fire, didn't it? Jesus! I was umming and ahhing and screaming and shouting on my train on the way home. People must have thought I was watching some type of porno, mate. It was absolutely nails.
1: It was. It was absolutely brilliant. And once again, you know, it just fucking absolutely delivers, doesn't it? This World Boxing Super Series has just been absolutely sensational. And, you know, I think we both agreed that we expected Gassiev to win on points. Um, but, man, he just he just tore up the script, didn't he, in the last, what was it, 36 seconds to go? Yeah. Fuck this, I'm getting you out of there. Sensational statements, and especially with Ale- Alexander Ousk sitting ringside as well. Obviously, Ousk's sitting there. You know, watching Dautkus have his big moments early on, but watching Gassiev basically just outsmart him and being yeah. too quick, he he throws a fucking beautiful left left up left uppercut combination, which you know even Usk must have been like, okay, I'm fucking making a note of that one because that's a fight finisher. But Dautkus, man, you know, tough as anything. You know, he, he showed he had absolute heart in there um, to go the full distance, and he, again, he had some amazing moments too. So it was a hell of a fight. The atmosphere was. was fucking. Bouncing, um, and you know what? It, it just sets us up for an absolutely amazing final. What a final! final, what a final oh, Ousk versus Gassiev. And on that note as well, I, I made a note of this while I was watching it because midway through the fight, I was like, hmm, this is the 10th fight of the World Boxing Super Series, and so far, the ranked, the highest ranked fighter has won everyone. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, every because every single ranked fighter in Cruiser and Super Middle won their quarter final. Yeah. Then Usk obviously beat uh, Gladis, right, okay. yeah. and Gassiev was ranked number two. Dautkus was ranked number three, I think. Yeah, and Gasiev right, yeah. won here. So, if 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 it plays out, continues if it continues, so you're the way saying it is, George Groves is what you're George saying. George Groves against Callum ah, Smith could be the final. Yeah, right. If it continues the way it is, or <laughs> it sounds crazy, we get our the tournament gets its first upset which hopefully isn't going to be Callum Smith and, you know... I, I, well, we both think it's going to be Eubank uh, causes an upset and beats Groves. That'll be the first time a guy ranked below someone is won in this tournament.
0: A young out, we... Uh, this is going to sound like I'm name-dropping like a bell-end now, but Eubank um, was with us last night for a short period of time just chatting mm-hmm. about uh, that upcoming fight with uh, with George Groves. The confidence of that kid, mate, frightens me. Honestly, yeah. it frightens me. We've we spent a lot of time with fighters. We're in their company and a lot talk the talk, Yeah, yeah? He is... He's a bit socially awkward, is Christopher. He really yeah. is. He, you know, if anybody's ever spent any time with him, he's a little bit hard to break down and have a crack with. Like, he's been on this show previously and you might have heard that interview and you thought that probably wasn't a familiar Fight Disciples type of interview. We normally sit down, we have a crack, we talk about all different types of stuff and by the end of it, you come away thinking, do you know something I didn't, I didn't know that much about that person going into that interview? I come away with you thinking that they're a sound guy. We get that all the time with Bellew, for example, and various other people that have been on the show eubank didn't didn't really give much he's, he's very closed off he's very uh regimented in his answers he's the focus is ridiculous i mean you see on his social media the kid live is living in the gym it's all he does he eats breathes and shits this stuff that's what he's doing yep. and the way he's talking about this fight i mean i know you've just mentioned there that he's the lower ranked fighter going into this but fucking hell mate, i find it very hard to back against him he's He's, he's frightening when you speak to him. The focus, from, from a focus angle, he's probably, he's, he's right up there with the very best I've ever met.
1: Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why I've come round to him so much. Obviously, his performance in the quarterfinals was fucking exceptional under the circumstances. You know, he got, he got the guy nobody else wanted. He had to go to Germany. It was full of crazy immigrant Turks spitting and throwing things at him and everything. Yeah. And yet he produces arguably the performance of the quarterfinals in a super middleweight tournament. And he comes into Groves' fight massively with his tail up. I think Groves, for me, you know, let's be honest, I think he was struggling against Shuddenov until he found the finish. Uh, And then he goes and picks Jamie Cox, who's a blown-up middleweight for this tournament. So um, I I think George Groves is probably going to have to produce the performance of his career to beat Eubank Jr. And I just don't know whether he's able to go to the well like that again. because As soon as it goes past four or five rounds... I think there's only one winner. I think Eubank Junior will absolutely run away from Run away with it.
0: Well, he's relentless. When he fights, he's relentless. He just keeps coming and keeps coming. The energy levels are ridiculous. He's got he's got so much in the tank. He could go for 15, 20 rounds. It looks like. Yeah. So therefore, George has got to be smart. You can't get dragged in. And if, the thing is, what we've seen with George in the past is that when he does get dragged in, or when he get, when he gets a little clip, he gets dragged in. He, he smells blood. He, he he throws game plans out the out the window. And if he does that with Eubank Junior, this could be
1: a fucking gun show, and you don't want a gun show with him. No, you don't, absolutely not. And listen, we've got, what have we got left? Two weeks to, to sell this Yeah, fight? yeah, yeah week, is week is got, Saturday. man. We, yeah, we've still got this. Well, we'll probably dedicate all of next week's show to it, let's be honest. But just just coming back to Gassiev then, Gassiev and Usyk, mate, I'm telling you now, fucking hell, that is a 50-50 fight. You know, Gassiev can take a shot. Mm. He took some shots from Dorticus last night, and I thought, fuck me, mate, you'll do for me. And especially after, you know, Usyk, Listen, I thought Usyk was outstanding. We talked about it at length last week. But I thought Breedus produced the performance of his of his career hmm. and just came on short. I think, obviously, a lot of people, even, even listeners to the Fight Disciple show, were saying, no, no, I disagree. I think Breedus deserved to get the nod. It was a close fight. Gassiev, by getting that finish in the manner he did last night, by going, you know what? I'm not content to win on points. I, I want to fucking get you out of here. I'm sending a statement to this fucker ringside, this number one ranked guy that everyone's getting excited about, that last week came through a really close fight. With Breeders, I want to put a little rubber stamp on this. I want to make a statement and say, Mm. hey, bollocks, I'm the big boy, and I'll see you out in the Middle East. And Gassiev did that in style. And I just thought, you know what? Usyk, if he didn't before, he knows now that he's in the toughest fight of his life coming up in May. And we are going to be treated to an absolute fucking humdinger of a final in this Cruiserweight tournament. All the belts, all the belts. It's
0: going to be insane. It is insane. The World Boxing Super Series has definitely been a success. I can't wait to see what the announcement is for next year already. And we haven't even had the finals yet. I want to know what the weight divisions are. I want to know who's going to be in it. I bet you, whatever the weight division is, there'll be people that... Sowland and Nisa Sowland won't have to ring anybody if they all they've got to do is say right we're doing super feathers or we're doing lightweights yeah. or we're doing whatever their phone will be fucking ring. red hot it'll Absolutely. be like get me in I want a piece of it and all you have got to do is stick the champs in and the top four seeds that's all you got to do we go,
1: go I'm going four you ready yeah bantam weights do you reckon yeah bantam weights you wait and see I reckon they're
0: going to do three you know I've they're, got a, yeah. I've got a buzz for it I reckon well, I've I've I reckon whisper, like,
1: they're going to do three I've light, light
0: heavies I reckon will be in there you know I think yeah light, light heavies
1: make sense and tell you what mate. That's that's interesting talking about it, but you know, is it too much for Buatzi if we can get Buatzi in? Too much? Too much too soon? Don't know. I don't know, man. The on the world level, maybe,
0: maybe, but don't British... forget
1: it. It won't be. It won't start until November, so we can get three or four fights in. In the meantime, he could be seven and zero oh by then. You know, uh, I don't know. That's a bit of a curveball. The reason I'm saying <laughs> weights, The reason I'm saying bantamweights. If you look at the bantamweight rankings. It makes fucking sense. The top 10 at Bantamweight globally, the top 10 guys, Asians, Mexicans, Americans, Europeans. Mm. It's got that feel about it. I feel like this tournament, if there's any negative of this tournament, and there is none, let's be honest, there is none, it's that the Yanks haven't had someone to get excited about and there's been zero Asians involved. And I think that's come back to bite them a little bit because there's no Asian TV deal. This is the World Boxing Super Series. This is the Champions League of Boxing. The only element that's missing on a global scale is an Asian... Or a strong American to really yeah, get the Americans excited. Yeah. So, but if you look at bantamweight, there's a couple of fucking kick-ass little Japanese fellas that could do the business at bantamweight. So, but I'm going to go with bantamweight as my prediction for next season's world boxing super series.
0: Well, speaking of bantamweights, what the fuck is Paul Butler right doing on at bloody seven o'clock before the bloody doors open? What's all that about? I missed him because I was stuck in traffic and there were uh, a bit of bother with me train. I got a text off Joe Gallagher saying, "I'm listening to you now." On Way Home, I went, "Oh, Way Home, have you fucking been and gone? What's the score? They'd already bloody had the fight and cleared off. Missed him. Yeah, Just what's that about? Shot. Former former world champion on that bloody opening, opening the bloody show up. That's ridiculous. It's mad, isn't it? It is. It All is right, absolutely he's fighting a nobody, mad. and it's a tune-up fight, waiting for this Solace thing or waiting for a McDonald thing.
1: Yeah, I get that, but he's fucking Paul Butler. Put him yeah. on. Absolutely, you'd expect him to have been on TV for sure. Uh, body shot finish for Paul. You know I like them, but mm. disappointingly nobody got to see it. Mm. So, uh, but listen, I had Paul. As you know, we had Paul in the studio last week talking about it on the, our Radio City Talk Show, and he he knew he just had to get a he had a job to do tune uh, up. Yeah, that was. I think I spoke to him on Tuesday, and it was you know even then it was one of two opponents. Uh, one of them was this Jefferson Vargas, who's the guy who actually turned up on the night. But <laughs> body shot finish. Let's move on. It's time for Solace to step up or MacDonald to. Defend or Vacate, that famous yeah. tagline, Defend or Vacate. Let me have a quick buzz, if you don't mind, about because obviously a lot of our five fans will have stayed up last night. I'm sure you didn't have the opportunity because you were working, you were travelling. But um, Box Nation showed Gilberto Ramirez's as yeah. uh, WBO Super Middleweight title defence against Habib. Uh, Ahmed uh, anyone that watched it here's my thoughts on it there was uh, start of the show for me was uh, I thought Jesse Hart on the undercard was outstanding first round knockout against uh, against a bit of a no mark but people probably remember Jesse Hart was very close in his fight with Ramirez that close was very that, that fight was very close for the world titles. Hart's only defeat and I think he got dropped in the second or third round against Ramirez and ultimately caught up with him on the scorecards but he got himself back on track and certainly put his name in the frame for a potential rematch with his first round finish. Uh, The big star of the show was the the IBF uh, flyweight champion uh, Anka Jass. Now we all know Anka Jass because remember he destroyed Jamie Conlon? Uh, It was made painful viewing didn't it? The kid's fucking class act. he done a number on uh, Israel Gonzalez in in, for me what was the main event? Um, That was now a, a tasty little fight while it lasted but Gonzalez is a tough guy man but Anka Jass just proved for a super flyweight that kid hits like a mule it's insane. If I was a super flyweight anywhere in the world I would stay away from Jas because they talk about the second coming of of we've all heard it before it's like oh here's the new Manny Pacquiao oh here's the new Manny Pacquiao Jas is the new pa- Manny Pacquiao and the way he punches is just like Pacquiao yeah, he moves just freaky. like him oh he's a deadly little southpaw stay a million miles away from him again World Boxing Super Series they do a bantamweight division I could see Jas moving up to bantamweight to jump into that tournament and he would be the fucking guy to beat uh, main event Ramirez I'd never heard of Habib Ahmed before, to be honest, even though he's got an undefeated record, he's never really fought at this level. Box Nation played out a belter of a little movie that Tom Prank have made about his life uh, prior to the fight. And it was all about Ramirez growing up and the neighborhood he grew up in in Mexico was fucking rough as toast. And they said to me, oh, growing up, what did you want to be? And he was like, I dreamed of being a gangster or a hitman. That was the only aspirations he kind of had. And uh, some boxing trainer come across him, took him out of there, went to meet his family, said, "Listen, I'm taking your son to live with me." And he ended up going to live with his boxing trainer, his coach, his manager, his mentor. It's still the same guy now. It's still the same family that look after him. And you know, it was a fascinating story. And I was really bought into Ramirez, and was like, "Fuck, this is the guy." You know, I've seen him watch, I've seen him fight previously, and he obviously he's massive for a Mexican, which is kind of weird. Yeah. But he punches hard and everything else. And I thought, "Wow, it's a shame this guy isn't in the world boxing super series. That he could have done something." You know, he's. Kind Kind of like Callum Smith, he's so big and long, uh, and he's obviously got a really strong record. But against Ahmed, there was flashes there. Listen, I know he finished the fight, uh, You know, and he did a bit of a number on Ahmed as well, six, seven rounds. But there's flashes there of Ramirez that I thought, you know what, if the winner of the World Boxing Super Series doesn't look at this guy, do you know who could look at him? If he does, if it doesn't happen with Golovkin, Canelo, because who knows what the fuck's going to happen with that road show? And obviously, you, you know, if that's another close fight, they could roll on to a third fight uh, because of the money that's involved. But I tell you what, Ramirez might be a little look for Billy Joe Saunders. You know, what stepping up? Mate, it wouldn't surprise me. This Ramirez, he's good. He's big and he's long, and obviously he hits hard. But technically, I don't think he's, I don't think he's all there. And I think Billy Joe. Could actually become a two weight world champion. Having a look at this room. Well, yeah, if he decided really
0: to do it with the WBO rules, he'd it'd be, it'd be automatic mandatory. If he Absolutely. decided to move up, that, that that's what'd happen. I don't know whether. Uh, I mean, Billy Joe looks mint at middleweight, though, doesn't he? He, he does. He, he looks outstanding.
1: I just I just wondered whether you know you've got it. You've got a bear in mind here that Canelo and Triple G, to the biggest yeah. known fighters on the planet, and if that rematch on Cinco de the Mayo is anything but close they probably will do a third fight just because of the money that's involved. Um, so Billy Joe might s- still find himself on the outside looking in. He spoke previously about moving up to super middleweight, yeah. obviously, with Eubank Jr. Especially if Eubank Jr. wins the World Boxing Super Series, then, of course, it's a no-brainer that he would go that way if if Canelo Triple G is on lockdown. But this Ramirez fight, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me to see Billy Joe linked up with this Ramirez guy because his record looks intimidating and his fucking life story is incredible. There's chinks in that armour, I'm telling you.
0: Speaking of uh, Billy Joe and his training partner, Tyson Fury, I mean, it gets a little bit more boring and boring uh, week on week, this. Uh, But last week I was speaking to Doug Fisher, who's the uh, editor-in-chief of The Ring magazine, just to see what the situation was. Um, and he confirmed on February the 1st that they have stripped Tyson Fury of his Ring Magazine belt, so he's no longer the Ring Magazine champion. Uh, he's been removed from their, uh, uh, their rankings. That belt is now vacant. It will not be available for AJ versus Parker. However, if there is uh, a coming together, a unification for the undisputed champion at the end of the year, i.e. AJ versus Wilder, it will be on the line for that fight. And rightfully so, because we want the best fighting the best. That's what we want. Of course we do. Uh, and in response to that, Tyson Fury sticks a little uh, Instagram post out uh, saying that he's sending a contract to Shannon the Cannon Briggs. Let's yeah, no, go, champ. Shannon
1: Briggs. Shannon Briggs. I think I've heard he sent one to Shannon Briggs and he sent them on to Antonio Tava, uh for his comeback fight as well. So, strange. What do you reckon? Was, Shannon the Cannon's always fun, but it's just yet another juicehead, isn't it? You know, it's another guy that's chemically enhancing himself to stay in the boxing game. So kind of don't agree with it. But then again, who else are we going to Max Tyson with? That we're going to go, that's a decent fight.
0: Mm. You know, I'll tell you what, it is a decent fight. And people are going to shout us down now because our mate's got a proper knock here.
1: He's, oh, mate, talking about heavyweights.
0: I'm talking about juice heads that he's got to go and sort out. Jesus Christ. Povetkin needs a knock because he's looking for Anthony Joshua. Who do you call the fucking Pricey Buster? That's what you yep. call it's on. Undercard. Uh, March 31st on AJ's Undercard. Povetkin versus Price. No, I'm not going to fucking sugarcoat this. This is Last Chance Saloon, mate. This is where we're at. It's, all, it's shit or bust. Here we go.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? Come <laughs> on,
0: it is. It's shit it, or bust. Let's have it.
1: Well, Pricey said he was coming back and he was going to. He was happy to fight for a British title. He was happy to start at the bottom. Um, so I, I kind of don't think it is shit or bust. I think it is shit or bust at a world level. I think if he wants to continue his career at a domestic level, that's fine. But I think this is probably his last chance to do anything at a world level. But you know what? Speaking about last chances at world level, don't forget Pavekin is number one contender for Anthony Joshua right now. So if, Dave, if David Price can find the performance that... You know, in a lot of ways, anyone that knows David Price, I think five fans, obviously, he's got, He's unfortunately, he's starting to slide down this similar thing as um, a, a similar path of, what's his name? He won the Olympic medal and then turned pro. And Audley. Ding, Audley, man. He's he's, he's sliding down the fraudly path, in it was It's like, oh, yeah, it's a load of bullshit. He never had it. I'm telling you now, Price, he's got it. He's just got to find it within himself to bring it out on the night. And speaking to him on our show two weeks ago, uh, on the Fight Disciples Radio City Talk Show, he was like, "I get it, I'm, I'm getting romantic about it, but you know what? Yes, I wanted to come back at British level. I was quite happy to work me way back up and take me time. But sometimes opportunities in life only come round once." Yeah. And he also thinks this is fate. He also actually believes, you know what? I've been fucked during my career. I've been fucked by drug cheats. The losses on my records of you know the two of the oppo- two of the three opponents I've lost against where on drugs at the time, and the third one got busted for drugs straight after. I, my whole career, my whole mental state within this game has been fucked because of drug cheats. So he kind of feels like it's a bit of poetic justice that his road to redemption is going to be against another proven drug cheat. And he's like, you know what, I'm fucking... As long as he's clean on the night, as long as he's tested in the run-up, fuck him. I, I, you know, this is, if this is what it's got to do, this is what it's got to take for me to achieve all I've got to achieve, then fantastic. And listen... We talk about heavyweight and certainly with Pricey being one punch away from becoming a multi-millionaire. If we can somehow find a punch that puts Pavekin to sleep, his life and his family's life is completely and utterly changed forever. I don't know how much he's getting for the Pavekin fight. No, it'll be fuck all It it won't be life-changing money. But you knock out Alexander Pavekin then you are now the fucking guy that a couple of weeks ago, and this is why he got on the bill, don't forget, Anthony Joshua in a press conference when he was arguing with Parker, he clarified something because Parker said, you've been knocked out three times, and he went, no. I was stopped on my feet in the European Championships. I was dropped by Klitschko, but I got up to win. The only time I've been put out was by David Price in Sparring for GB. As soon as he said that, within two days, Pavekin versus Price rumours sprung up. Match are not fucking stupid. Eddie Ayn's not stupid. I wouldn't surprise. It wouldn't surprise me if all that was premeditated because they want. They wanted Pavekin on this card. They wanted Pavekin to fight in front of the British audience because they've got to fight Pavekin. The the rules stipulate with yeah. WBA. pavekin has got to come next, so they had to put him on this bill. But who better to put him in against that? The only guy that's ever really hurt AJ or stopped AJ on his, uh, and knocked him out, David Price. And plus, if if somehow Price can. Defy the all the bookmakers and get a win, then fuck me. That's an even bigger fight because now AJ, the guy who's only the only guy who's ever really stopped AJ, is actually now its number one contender as well. It's the my easiest bit of matchmaking in the world, and yet it can absolutely transform David Price's life. I've seen so
0: much on social media about this, and people, as we've spoken to Price on many occasions on the show, that he gets so much shit. And, you know, it's easy to throw stones at people. You know, if you're sat in your little glass house, it's easy to throw stones at a geezer that's willing to put his life on the line and go and and fight to earn money to put food on on his kids' table, all that type of stuff. It's easy to sit and be a keyboard warrior. Of course it is. But I'll tell you something. If you're a proper fight fan, a proper fight fan, a person that really respects boxing, really respects boxers, gets into the psyche of the lads that are making that ring walk, amongst us, There shouldn't be anybody, anybody that does not want David Price to go into that ring and knock that fucking dirty little drug cheat's head off, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody should not want that. You should be thinking to yourself, come on, Pricey. You might not believe it. You might not believe he can do it. And I understand that because you've seen him and you've backed him previously and maybe in his head he's not there and you've seen him get knocked out of Tony Thompson and the likes of that. Of course, I understand that you might not believe it, but you should want it you should want him and to to vindicate where that path that he has been on over the last 2 years this is circular it's coming into that fruition right at this moment in time he's facing the dirtiest of all the drug cheats now yeah. there's people out there that have failed off tainted supplements and various things like that this guy's juiced he's injecting it in his fucking ass right there's no way that he should be allowed to box so if you're backing Provetin in this fight you're a fucking moron, absolute moron. You should want Pricey 100% to go in there and do a job on him and yeah. pray that he does because think of the think one of what it what message it sends out for boxing and two what it sets up then. For maybe later on this year, you never know, it might derail the bloody Wilder uh, plans. You might
1: get Pricey versus uh, AJ before you get Wilder. I think it absolutely does. Otherwise, because if you know if it goes the way the way that people are expecting to, the trade expects it to, Bookie's expected to, and Pavetkin gets a win over Price and looks good doing it, then we're going to get Pavetkin versus AJ next. AJ's got to do that because that's his mandatory contender. Um, so. Or do you want a bit of fun? Do you want a bit of heavyweight action? Do you want an all-British domestic heavyweight champion, you know, final? Of course we do. Any, And it's going to be clean. That's what we want, of course. That's what we want. So you're right, man. Every single person should be behind David Price for this fight. You know, I've heard people go, ah, oh, he doesn't deserve it. Why, why should he get a, final, a world title eliminator like that? Because, probably because he's one of a handful of heavyweights on the planet that's still actually fucking clean. Maybe, maybe that opportunity. And maybe because of the shit that he's had to go through for the last few years against drug cheats. Maybe that's why fate has somehow... He's got a break. Listen, has got I, a massive opportunity. I, I understand he's kind of got making, a lottery ticket. Yeah,
0: of course. I understand people making that argument. He doesn't deserve it. There's other lads that deserve a fight. What about this guy? What about that? I understand that. And, and they're probably right. I can't really yeah. argue with it. No. But he's, he's been given a break. This is it. We Sometimes, every now and again, you get a break in life and you've got to fucking take it. And do you know something? You've got to wish people like that well, is what you've got to do. Especially when they've had a shitty run. This yep. guy's had a shitty, shitty, shitty run. Now, he's got a chance. He's, he's got a glimmer of hope. And I tell you something, nothing will please me fucking more than if he knocks that dude out. I'll be in. Listen, if you've just witnessed me on the back of the fucking David A pulling bloody gurning faces, I'll be in the fucking ring on that night, let me tell you. (laughs) I'll be over the top rope. I'll be getting pulled all over the place by security, getting wazzed out of there, mate. Let me tell you, that will be probably one of the greatest moments as a boxing fan because I know Pricey. I know what he's like as a geezer. I know what he's like as a family man. I know what what he's gone through. And I know what's in him. I just Mm -hmm. hope he knows on that night what's in him and I hope he fucking delivers it, mate. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: We're bloody weeks off and look how passionate I am. I bloody want it now. Give me the fight now. I want it. Great. Oh, man. Tell you, Povetkin Price, AJ's undercard, March 31st. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Another fight that I'm getting quite excited about as well and we we kind of knew that it was happening anyway uh, is that Josh Warrington's got his dream. It's going to be Ellen Road against uh, Lee Selby. I tell you something, that will be crackers. The atmosphere Mm -hmm. in there on that night, May 19th, isn't it? will be absolutely
1: ludicrous. I think it's the first world title fight in Leeds, I think it is. Oh. just bonkers.
0: Mate, they absolutely adore that guy in Leeds. The atmosphere will be crazy. Don't get me wrong, you know where I'm at, I still think Selby's going to win the fight, but the atmosphere is going to be something to behold.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Credit to Josh Warrington, man. You've got to be in it to win it and tell you what the kid's done nothing but win every opponent beat every opponent that's been put in front of him in the last couple of years he's took a lot of stick for not being able to finish fights so now he's started finishing fights you know for me he's grown he's into prob- the weight he's grown yeah, in hasn't he he's, grown in. he's like yeah. a man now rather than a boy i think he's probably fighting unfortunately he's coming up against a guy that i think on his day is probably the best in the division mm. um, but you know after the year that he's had anything could happen in 2018. Lee Selby would just be glad to put 2017 behind him. Yeah. Um, but he will go into the Lions then that night. And you know what? Special things can happen when there's a special environment. I was there the night Ricky for, Hatton for costed two yeah. and no one gave fucking Ricky much of a chance. Mate, I was but with we I'll you what, mate. mate. We, we, were, we were two rounds up before the fight even started because yeah, yeah. that place was bouncing.
0: That's it. That's it. That's the, And that's the key point, isn't it? I mean, I, I was just about to make a reference maybe towards Darren Barker who was... Uh, um, when he won his world title in Atlantic City. You know what I mean? He Against all odds to be able to pull that off, but that wasn't necessarily an atmosphere thing that helped him out that night. Ricky Gatton, cost is you is 100%. Oh, it was
1: 100%. It was p- Part of it was the crowd. Yeah. It was absolutely electric in there that night. It was unbelievable. Ricky could have beat anybody in the world that night. I truly believe it. Mm. And I just think the Leeds crowd... If, They've if, got a part to play, man. If Josh Warrington can time his camp perfectly and everything goes exactly to plan, and you know Selby just has anything but a perfect night, I just think we could see we could we could yet see a massive upset.
0: Speaking of uh, perfect nights and perfect fights, do you fancy a bit of Lomachenko and Linares?
1: Oh yes, absolutely. I think see? that's the
0: perfect fight for that weight well, category we, we because talked I think about it
1: last week didn't I? And I what? was like, that's the fight I want to see now. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to see Mikey Garcia steamroll through Linares. I think he hits too hard, and Linares can be hit. But now I want to see Lomachenko come up and face the guy that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, we were saying is the best lightweight in the planet.
0: There you go. I re- well, the talks have started. They reckon it's going to happen. There's loads of social media back and forth. Lomachenko is moving up. We've been told that, that he is going to be fighting at lightweight. Linares is the perfect fight. I'll tell you something, it'll be an episode of Strictly Come Dancing, that, won't it?
1: Fucking cha-cha Just slide. Bit. Talk about World Boxing Super Series tournaments. Christ, lightweight mm. would be amazing as well. Mm.
0: Uh, check this out, by the way. Feb 16th. Uh, George Joyce is fighting Rudolf Zodic. Forget that; not interested. He's going to come through that, no question about it. Uh, But last uh, evening, on Saturday evening, should I say? I don't know when you're listening to this podcast. Actually, on Saturday evening at the O2 Arena. Um, i got a bit of an exclusive because I was watching uh, David Hett negotiate a fight with Derek Chisora. Derek oh, Chisora. yeah,
1: they showed a flash of this on Sky Sports. We well, have seen them shake hands.
0: Well, it's done. So uh, that fight is going to happen. Chisora, um, as long as the money's right, Chisora, Joe yeah. Joyce. Joe Joyce, what will that be? His third or fourth fight he's going to take on
1: Derek Chisora? It's crazy. So early in his career to, to take a step up like that. But you know what? We, all you're hearing is good things about Joe, Joe, Joe Joyce and training and stuff like that. He was an outstanding amateur. He's a tough, tough man. Um, I, it's a big fight, though. It's a big fight at this stage in your career. The thing is, so, I know so have we have third fight yeah. against Derek Chisora. <laughs> Fuck me. I
0: know, I know we have a crack about promoters and especially David Hay in particular on this on this show, and, and we have a bit of a crack because we're mates of I understand that, but when I speak to him about promoting, I kind of like some of the shit that he says. All right, I don't like him being at the forefront when it's on Channel Dave or whatever it may be, and it's all about David Hay. However, when mm-hmm. I speak to him about promoting him and matchmaking, I kind of like what he says. He said, and, and a lot of it was, listen, this guy's an elite amateur. He's been to the Olympics. What's the point of fucking about with him? We yeah. might as well just speed him along. Let's see how good he is. Let's get him in with Derek Chisori. Derek Chisori is a, a well-rounded uh, heavyweight. Let's have a go. And yeah. part of the chat was, David Hay was saying, well, I thought Derek Chisori knocked him out in five. If George Joyce goes in there and knocks him out in four... You know what I mean? We've got a real live contender on our hands there. You know what I mean? And by our tenth fight, we're in world title class, and, and I kind
1: of like that. Let's speed them along. Let's see what they're all about. What's the point of yeah. padding these fucking things out? No, no. I think I think I think in this instance, it's absolutely right. I think you know, there's a reason why Daniel Dubois not being matched with. Yeah, but he's no amateur. Real amateur pedigree.
0: He's nineteen well, years, he's of age, twenty baby, years of age. so. Yeah. Like,
1: likewise, a Coley. Even though a Coley has got, is still babies. Joe Joyce is thirty-two. Yeah, that's the point. There ain't no fucking about with Joe, Joe, Joe Joyce now. Do you know what I mean? You, you, we can't wait anymore. You know, the guy's won bronze medal at the at the World Amateurs. He's won a silver medal at the at the Rio Olympics. You know, he's a gold medalist at the European Championships. Gold medalist Commonwealth Games. He's thirty-two years of age. There ain't no fucking about. You can't wait. Mm. I just think a fight of that magnitude, that's ballsy. That is a ballsy shout, and I don't know whether Frank Warren or Eddie Hearn would match the, Let's Because he's only 1-0 at the moment. I think his second fight's in about two weeks. Yeah. Joe Joyce. So have you do, said that? Feb oh, 16th? Sorry, he is going to be 2-0. Yeah. yeah. So, but to have his third fight against someone of that calibre, is definitely ballsy, but you know what? Fucking shoots him right up the rankings.
0: Yeah, fair play to him, man. Um, Now, listen, I know that uh, we've avoided this right up until this point. Uh, Seeing as that we've just been speaking about Hay, we kind of talked about Bellew. We all know that that is happening May the 5th here in the UK O2 Arena. That is if, in fact, David Hay is fully fit. He says he is, uh, and he will make that ring walk at the O2 Arena. Um, They are the warm-up to the super fight of the year. It has been made. Uh, Canelo versus Triple G2. We knew it was happening. We knew that it was this date. Uh, we're still kind of waiting for a venue, um, but it has been confirmed that they've signed the contracts and the fight is going ahead on that particular day. I'm absolutely delighted because... 12 rounds wasn't enough. It was back and forth. It was nip and tuck. It was spoilt, really, with a fucking stupid scorecard from Adelaide Bird. If yeah. she comes in with 115-113 towards Canelo and the fight's a draw, I don't think anybody's moaning. We're all excited about the next one. We're still excited about the next one. Um, the dance is well and truly on, my friend. You've got to be buzzed up for this.
1: Can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. And, um, you know, hopefully, Belle Hey actually does take place because what a night that's going to be what we need to do is we need to we need to find a venue don't we in london that we've got to go back to and watch this fight live um because what a night of boxing that is you know it just it just rubber stamps the fact that may 2018 could be the best month in the history of uh, in the history of boxing certainly of modern times the amount of massive fights that are going on in may is just insane mm. but none of them are as big as this one no
0: well none of them's as big as uh, this thursday have you seen what's happening this thursday Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. Well, there's a, a big fight night this Thursday. I mean, uh, I know there's a lot going on in the world of UFC, which is all over on our other show. Uh, you can get that on fightdisciples.com. But this Thursday, there's an epic fight. I mean, I know that you're delighted that we're even going to mention this because, let's be honest, a proper legend battles out on Thursday night. I can't even believe that he's fucking still fighting. If you've got UFC Fight Pass, tune it in. Feb the 8th, Roy Jones Jr. calls it a day, baby. I thought he called it a day about 16 years ago, but, you know, he's still yeah. having a little bit of a knock, and there's a reason why it's happening on UFC Fight Pass, because I'm telling you now, somewhere down the line, Roy Jones Jr. is going to have a knock with Anderson Silva. You Absolutely. know it's going to happen, don't you?
1: Well, now Anderson Silva's been busted for drugs again, so basically his UFC career's over. He's looking at a minimum of a four-year four um, suspension now from mixed martial arts, so absolutely he'll be fighting roy jones junior you say thursday is the big retirement fight well the, the the latest retirement fight from roy jones but yeah. there's no other way for anderson silver to make money now you say unless he goes over and fights in japan which isn't which isn't exactly bonkers but it wouldn't surprise me if he popped up there either but i don't think he makes as much money fighting in japan at this stage in his career as what he could make fighting uh fighting Roy Jones Jr., even even in a boxing match, just because of the the figures that Mayweather McGregor did. Obviously, it won't do anywhere near that kind of stratosphere. But it's still, you know, Hall of Fame, legend. Uh, some would say the GOAT of boxing against the, his exact equivalent over in mixed martial arts. Yes, they're both 10 years past their prime. No. Um, but still, there's still, there's still, there would still be some interest in seeing that fight. I'd like to see it.
0: Mate, it's... I can't... Do you know something... Regarding the Roy Jones Jr. thing, I mean, I find it upsetting that he's still knocking about, you know, because Mm. when I proper started getting into what he was doing, when he was dominating. When he
1: was Superman. Mate, he was Superman. He was was Superman. And now I talk about,
0: sometimes I talk to some fans about Roy Jones Jr. now who maybe just got into boxing. Maybe it's through following Anthony Joshua or whatever it is. And you mention Roy Jones Jr. And you say, all right, he's got a fight coming up, I'll watch it. And I keep telling him, no, don't watch anything new. Don't watch anything that he's doing right now. Go on YouTube. Go and have a little bit of a nosy about shit that he used to do. Because I think his legacy is kind of being tainted a little bit. I want him to just pack it in, so then we can let the dust settle and then remember how good that dude was. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. This is a guy that used to fight. You know, used to used to play entire basketball games before a world title defense. Just insane, absolutely insane.
0: Mm. Anyway, Thursday he says that he's uh, he's calling it a day. Uh, let's hope that he is calling it a day, so we can do a special fight, disciples, Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, we episode. should, man.
1: We should. We should remind people of what he was. You know, before the last three or four years, when he was on this legends tour, we should, we should—that's uh, a cracking idea. Let's do a big one. Let's do a flashback to, to what Roy Jones Jr. was all about in his heyday. Because again, you know, during his heyday, people were saying he was the greatest of all time at one stage. So. Listen, I'm telling you now, middleweight, super middleweight, light
0: heavyweight, went up to heavyweight, fucking Mega Man. He He's was sad. the bollocks. He yeah. was the WBA heavyweight champion of the world, mate. Know, he went through the it. weight categories for fun and then decided to drop back down to light heavyweight and did it there. Yeah. He's the boy. There ain't no argument. <laughs> anyway, we will do a special on it and celebrate. Um Roy Jones Jr. When he eventually packs it. We can't do it now because we'll probably just get laughed at because of the types of fights that he's taking. All right? <laughs> so we'll do it once he eventually goes, that's it. I'm going to go and be a commentator and that'll be Cool Wheels. Absolutely. Um, thank you very much for listening to the, uh, this week's episode. If you've uh, missed me on TV, I've no doubt you are googling it during this episode to go and have a little bit of a nosy. It's on my can't social you put it media. Up on,
1: I was going to say, can't you put it yeah, up on your social course media that, man. let people see you? It's on there. Adam at the Gannon Championships. i have <laughs> put it on.
0: I've put it on there for a little bit of a crack. It's all there. Go and have a little bit of a nosy. We're available at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can uh, get us on iTunes as well, Fight Disciples, and you can get us uh, via our website, fightdisciples.com. By the way, if you're on iTunes and you're listening to us on iTunes, would you be so kind as to write us a little five-star review? It just helps us with our uh, positioning in the charts, so therefore more people can come uh, and enjoy this show, all right? Uh, so a little five-star review on there. We've got some tickets for fights coming up uh, very, very shortly as well. Uh, Competitions will be available uh, via our social media, so make sure you're following all those outlets and we'll keep you up to date with the fight game. Uh, Failing that, we'll catch you next time.
1: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.